Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. In 1941, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave his uh, State of the Union address to the United States, 41. This was prior to us entering the war. We didn't enter the war until uh, December of 1941. But as, as he was talking, he said, we look forward to a world that's founded on four freedoms. And he listed the, the, the freedom of speech, the freedom to worship God in any way you choose, the freedom from want or lack, or obviously for poverty, and the freedom from fear. I thought as I read that, read that quote, I thought, you know, government can help with those first two, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. But the freedom from want and the freedom from fear, we won't see answers to those until God is completely in control and he rules over all the nations and the earth. But I thought about that, but it's a, it's a desire of mankind to be free from fear. God didn't make us with fear in us and fear entered in and it's something that has been certainly been a plague on society. And this morning, with all the stuff we have going on, I just thought I, I wanted to do a message on pushing back on fear. As you look at fear, it's multifaceted. There's everything from little bitty fears to huge phobias. In, 19, uh, in, in 2021, they did some studies, the American public, and they asked them what they were afraid of. Now, this, I think, is what I would call environmental or uh, fears that are more rational as people look at them, and they listed um, 10, top 10. Loved ones dying was number one. And obviously that was a, a function of the pandemic. Number two was loved ones becoming seriously ill. Number three, mass shootings. Number four, not enough money for retirement. Number five was terrorism. Six, government corruption. Seven, becoming terminally ill. Eight was hate crimes, nine was high medical bills, and 10 was widespread civil unrest. I'm sure if they did that at the end of 2022, there probably would be some different ones that would make this list. These are more environmental. But they also talk about fears that are almost, many of them are irrational fears. These are the phobias that we deal with. They listed the 10 most common fears, irrational fears or phobias of mankind and the first one is social phobia. That's a fear of, of presenting or being judged or rejected by society. It's some of the social anxiety. We hear that term used a lot. It's what makes people afraid to get up and speak in public. Social phobia. Number two is fear of heights. Number three is fear of snakes, bugs, and spiders, which I don't think is irrational, but it's... it's uh, <laughs> Have you ever noticed, though, things that just may bother you, don't bother me, and things that bother you? Like, for example, public speaking never has phased me, eh, but don't bring a snake my way. You got some people, oh, yeah, I pick up snakes. It's like, no, you're crazy. Okay, fear, fear number four, and, and, and don't raise your hand if this is your phobia, but anyway, fear, fear of closed spaces. Number five, fear of flying. I don't think it's really the fear of flying. It's the fear of crashing and dying that it really bothers more people. Number six, I thought this one was surprising. Fear of the dark. There's still one that's out there. 
when, where's Joy? She's in the back. Oh, when, uh, when Joy and I married, she, she slept with all her lights on and a Bible in the bed. And it, it, it was like, like, wow, I can't sleep in, you know, in noonday. We need, we need to change this. And so, but she, she would tell you, she, she had a fear of the dark. Number seven, fear of getting a disease. Number eight, fear of blood. Number nine, fear of violent weather. And number 10, fear of death. Now these, are, these can sometimes trigger responses, often they're rooted in, in some cause. But the thing about it is, and, and maybe you recognize one of these on your list, or maybe one from the list before, and you're thinking, yeah, that, that is something that, that, that I'm afraid of. And I hear people talk about good fear. Everybody says, oh, you know, some fear is good. Uh, I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's good fear or an awareness that we're looking at. State trooper in Texas was, was a rural highway, watched a Cadillac just blaze past him. And just a little old lady, barely, you know when those little old ladies can barely see over the top of the stairs? Just speeding. And so he, he finally pulled her over and he was surprised. She, she looked like she was in her mid-90s. And he, he was very surprised. She's driving that fast, very comfortably. And he, he said, uh, ma'am, do you have license and registration? She handed him her license and her CCL card. And he said, uh, ma'am, are you carrying a weapon? And she, a little sweet Texas lady, she said, sure, darling. I've got a 22 in my purse. He was pretty surprised. He, and he just asked kind of out of a whim. He said, ma'am, do you have any other weapons in the car? She said, oh, yeah. She said, I got snub nose revolver right here in the console. I've got a 45 in the glove compartment. I have a sawed off shotgun with a pistol grip right here in the back seat. And I have an assault rifle in the trunk. <laughs> he just shook his head. He said, ma'am, he said, what are you afraid of? She looked him dead in the eye. She said, honey, not a doggone thing. <laughs> is, there, is there some good fear? I, I don't know if it's, if it's really good fear. I, th I think we're trying, we teach our children to be aware. We, I don't want them afraid to go in the street. I want them to be aware that going in the street is dangerous. But here's the beautiful thing. Jesus gave us an alternative to fear. He gave us something different. And this is something that as believers, as, as people that put our trust in him, it's such, a, it's such a help to know that we don't have to give in to all the fear that we can push back on. Look what Jesus said in John 14. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Leave that up there just for a moment. Jesus said, peace I, my, I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Jesus is basically saying, I'm going to give you a peace that's, that's, that's greater than fear, but it's different than how the world gives peace. The world gives peace with no problems, no hostilities. Jesus said, I got a peace for you that's a peace that you can have even in the middle of difficult times. He said, but notice what he says, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Here's where we have to mix faith with that promise. We have to mix faith because you can have feelings of fear and feelings of you're just, I'm, I'm so troubled and I'm so troubled. But this is where we have to believe and go, he left us his peace, we have his peace. Thank you. When uh, a couple of weeks ago I had lunch with a, with a good friend, Howard, who's, who's a, a pilot. 
And I always ask pilots this question because I've always been fascinated by it. I said, have you ever gotten to a place where you've been disoriented and you felt like you were doing something you weren't and you had to fly by your instruments? And the reason I ask that is because I believe that flying by instruments is the closest thing that we have to walking by faith in this life. He said, yes, he was a commercial pilot. He flew for a, uh, an airline out of Detroit. He said, I was coming up over the lake. He said, it was right after takeoff, if I've got the story right, he said, and I looked up, he said, and it, was, it was clouds, and he said, I got disoriented. He said, I thought we were in a hard bank. I felt like, everything in me felt like we were in a hard bank. He said, but I, I looked at the instrument gauges, and they showed that we were level, and I had my co-pilot beside me, and he said we were level, and so he pushed back on his feelings. In other words, he didn't make that correction. He said, if I had corrected it, he said it was right after takeoff, I could have put us into a bad bank. He said, I could have wrecked that whole plane. He said, so I pushed back on the feelings and, and, I, and I, I worked off those instruments. Instrument rated pilots know that sometimes you can be disoriented and that you feel like you're upside down or you feel like you're going in a hard turn, but you have to trust your instruments and trust that those instruments are saying you're level and you go by the instruments, instrument fly. I thought when I, every time I hear that, I think, man, that's, that's living by faith. You see, a lot of times we can have these feelings that we just were so troubled and we're, and we're just so afraid, but yet we've got an instrument. The Bible is our instrument panel and that instrument panel says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. You've got the peace of God. So instead of flying by feelings, we look over at the instrument panel and said, no, I got the peace of God. And we've got the Holy Spirit sitting in the next seat going, it's going to be all right. We're in good shape. We're in the good way to go. That's how we fly. We live by faith. We fly that way. So the idea is that we can push back on fear. We don't have to allow fear to dominate us. Now, Israel, when they came out of Egypt, the book of Deuteronomy is is Moses talking to Israel and he's giving them instructions. And he actually gave them instructions about what to do when they faced fearful situations. And they apply to us today. So let's read here in Deuteronomy 20. When you go out, he's talking to Israel, when you go out to battle against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you're on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people and he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Israel was, would face difficult situations. They were outnumbered often. They're still outnumbered today. But they were outnumbered. And he says, when you, when you see these, these chariots and horses and you're outnumbered, he said, don't be afraid. Now, again, this is God telling people, don't be afraid, which indicates we have a choice here. He says, don't be afraid. He said, because the Lord your God is with you who brought you out of Egypt. In other words, the same God who got you out of Egypt can help you in this situation. Do not be afraid. So that's the, that's the basis. That's the baseline. Don't be afraid. 
They said, but then when you're on the verge of battle, so you can imagine all the soldiers are there and they're standing on the verge of battle. They can see their enemies and they got their swords and they got their spears and they got their bows and the pastor comes out to talk to them. Well, it was a priest, but same thing. And so he, he comes out to talk. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we hearing from the pastor? We need to be hearing from the generals. You know, generals and the, and the captains, they have all the instructions. Well, they might have the strategy, but they recognized that the priest had a message from God. And so when the priest would stand up and speak to the people before they went out to fight, isn't that interesting? Yeah, we're going to have a word from the priest before we go out to fight. And the priest stands up and says, hey, don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Do not tremble and do not be terrified. You're like, well, why? Because the Lord your God is with you and he will help you and he will fight for you. Man, that's a good message. That's a good, that's, you stand up and hear that message. And that's a message that you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a good message. That's a message from God to them. Don't be afraid because God's with you. He's going to help you. But then he said, the officers would step up. Now, you, now you're going to hear from the officers. And the officers are like, okay, who is still afraid? And you ask people go, He says, go home. Go home? You're already outnumbered. I mean, my, my philosophy would be, suck it up, buttercup. We're already outnumbered. Let's go. We need to do something here. He said, go home. He said, because he didn't want your heart causing someone else to faint. So in other words, and we know this about fear, fear is contagious. It is highly contagious. And so they were saying, Israel was saying, hey, God's going to help us. God's going to fight for us. <laughs> Let's go. But you got somebody going, I don't know. There's a whole lot of them there. And they scare me. And I really, I, we're all going to die. And they're like, no, 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 you go home. Because they realize you keep talking like that. And that's going to create a problem for everybody else. And they were willing to go in with less men who were not afraid than they were to take everybody who was. See, God understood that fear is a problem and we have to be willing and able to push back on fear. Here's some people saying, well, you know, Alan, I just feel like we'll, we'll always be afraid. No, 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 no. That's been, that's what the world has sold us that. And if we're going to push back on fear, we've got to understand some things. One, we need to understand the environment that we're living in. Jesus said that in the last times, in the last days, there would be wars and rumors of wars. He said, we're going to have it. There's going to be troubles. He said, nation's going to rise up against nation. We're seeing that. Don't be surprised at that. He said, don't let your heart be troubled with that. He said, the end is not yet. He said, there's going to be earthquakes and famines and pestilences. He said, but the end is not yet. He said, for this gospel has got to be preached through the whole world and then end will come. You say, Alan, do you believe that, that we're ever going to get to a place where there's going to be no more war? No, I don't. I believe we're living in the last days of the last days. And I believe that we're going to see some things that aren't good. They're not, they're not going to make us happy. They're not hip, hip, hooray stuff. But we, can, we still don't have to be afraid because we know who stands at the end of history, who stands there going, I'm here, I'm good. It's going to be all right. So we're living in those days and we need to understand something. Fear is promoted, not, not faith. Fear is promoted. And, and what we hear and what we see 
Man, that can cause us fear. But fear sells better than faith. I remember in 2005, you remember when Hurricane Rita was coming up? It was, it was coming in. Hurricane Rita came, was starting to come in. It was a Category 5, if I'm mistaken, out in the Gulf. It's a Category 5. And we had just gotten in this building. We had just built this building. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, a Category 5. So I'm watching the weathermen. The weathermen in Texas, I think they have a very boring job. <laughs> in Texas, it's like, I mean, they could just send a tape in the summer. It's going to be hot. It'll get hotter. It's going to be hot. It'll get hotter. And in the winter, it's cooler. It might get cold. It's cooler. It might get cold. Then it goes to hot, then hotter, then hotter. So when they get a, when they get a hurricane, they're like, yay, this is our moment. And they pump so much fear. And I'm watching, I'm watching, I finally, because they're like, category five, when the category five comes in, no, nothing could stand. And they were talking about a surge. The surge could come in. The surge, they're making it seem like the surge was going to cover Conroe. It's like the surge is going <laughs> to And they just keep pumping the worst case scenarios. Why? Because fear sells. And finally, I remember I just said, I'm done. I cut it off. I am done. And I was up in the prayer room praying. <laughs> we just built this building. I'm like, Lord, we can't have a surge. Take this building out. <laughs> and I, I, I'd, I'd gotten up to go do something. Walk, and all of a sudden, in my heart, I knew we're good. We're good. Aren't you glad there's a peace that passes all understanding? That even when things are looking so bad, it was barreling down on us. I was like, no, I got peace. We're good. And some of you remember that I-45 was a, was a parking lot from here to Dallas. Anybody remember that? People were evacuating. And I'm like, my children said, hey, we'd rather ride out a Cat 5 hurricane at home with dad than in a car with dad on a parking lot on I-45. <laughs> we're good. We're taking But I remember they just kept pumping fear, kept pumping fear. And we live in an environment where the fear sells and faith, they don't stand up and go, you know what, we're praying and this is possibly going to change and it could shift and it did not come in as a category five. But faith doesn't sell. Sells in here, but it doesn't sell out there. But we've got to remember something, guys. We've got to remember that we're, we're part of a stronger kingdom. And we're, we're part of a stronger kingdom and we're, and we're part of a stronger family. Paul wrote the, the church at Ephesus. He said, you are no longer strangers and, follow, and, and foreigners. He said, but you are citizens of the kingdom and you are members of the household of God. We are citizens of a strong kingdom and our kingdom don't lose. And we are a part of a strong family. You say, well, my family's not strong. Well, if you're born again, you're part of a different family and it's a family that has a legacy of strength and winning and that's the family that we're part of. And we have to remember these things. We have to be able to push back on fear. And we have to remember that God is with us and he's not going to abandon us. What applied to Israel applies to us. And when we see things going on, we don't have to tremble. We don't have to be afraid because God is with us. This is a verse you hear me go out a lot. Started last year. I'm continuing this verse. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said,
I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. I remember reading a number of years ago a story of what some Indians in the, in the Great Lakes area would do as a rite of passage for their young braves. And they would take a young man when he was about 12 or 13 years old. They, they would come in at night. They would kidnap him pretty much, blindfold him, and march him in the woods. He had no idea where he was. They would sit him down, and, and then they would disappear. He had no weapons. He had no fire. He did not know where he was. He's in the middle of a dark forest. They would leave him there all night. Could you imagine the fear of a 12, 13-year-old boy? He doesn't know if he's on enemy territory or not. Here's, a, here's a, 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 a twig snap, and he wonders, what is that? Here's a wolf howl, and he wonders if, if it's coming for him. It, it's probably a, a night just of, of fear. And in the morning, as it begins to dawn, he begins to recognize shapes and things that he thought were, were, were evil, but they're just tree limbs and vines. But then he sees a man there. And over 20 yards away, a, a man's figure. And first he's scared, but then he recognizes the figure and he recognizes the fact that his father had been there the entire night. Silent, but been there the entire night. Now here's my question. Would it have made a difference if the father had told that boy before he was kidnapped, I'll be there. You won't see me. You won't hear me, but I'm there. Then when he hears a twig snap, he's thinking, huh? Oh, but my father's here. Oh, here's the wolf howl. Oh, but he thinks, my father's here. I think this is us, guys. We live in a world where we can't see and feel. So I wish I could see and feel God. We, we believe by faith. We don't see and feel, but we believe God is here. And so when we hear things that happen and we see things that happen, we don't have to overreact. We can say, God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? And if God is with me, I can handle this. pushing back on fear. The, if we're going to push back on fear, we have to hear some things differently. We have to hear differently. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear words of faith. This is why when 9-11 hit, I remember our church blew up overnight for two weeks as everybody came in because they wanted to hear something different because there was a lot of fear out there but we need to hear differently. We need to hear that God is with us. We need to hear that God will help us. We need to constantly hear that, and we need to continue to hear it. And we need to hear that he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Guys, this underscores the reason for church. It underscores the reason that we, call, we talk to you about having a devotional time and a private time. Why? Because you're hearing something different. Used to be a phrase you, you would hear, you may have heard this, someone who marches to the beat of a different drum. That's usually someone who's very different from everybody's going this way, this person goes that way. We're, that, we're those people. We hear something different. The world's afraid. They're building doomsday bunkers. All of a sudden, as soon as this happened with the Ukraine, doomsday bunker builds started. Don't build a doomsday bunker, especially here. It would fill up with water, be a bad thing. It's just don't... <laughs> But people start, they start building those things. Why? Because they're hearing the wrong things. They're seeing the wrong things. But we're hearing something different. And if you hear something different, we're marching to a different beat. The world's like, oh, oh, I'm afraid. And we're over here going, we got a God. We got a God. He's going to help us. He will see us through. We've got a God. He's going to get us through this situation. We don't have to march that way. We hear something different. Here's the, here's the last thing. And this is real important. You want to limit the influence of fear in your life. 
You want to limit the influence of fear. When the pandemic started, I stopped reading the newspaper and I cut my news intake way down, way, way down. And I, I know people kind of like, Alan, do you know what's going on? I know what's going on. Trust me. If something bad happens, I'll get 15 texts. I know, and a few TikToks. I, I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sitting in a room going, no, 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 no. I don't see her. I don't see her. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. But here's what I noticed. When I watched a lot of the news and when I, when I have a lot of news media coming in, it makes me angry and afraid. Angry and afraid. So I know what's going on. If I know, I know that Russia attacked the Ukraine. I know they're bombing. It's not a good situation. I don't need hours of it because hours of it doesn't put faith in me. It, it puts fear in me. I don't need hours of it. So I've just backed off news media. People say, well, you don't know what's happening. I know what's happening and I'm happy because I'm not constantly being bombarded by fear. For your kids too. Well, Alan, my child has dreams. Why do you think they're having dreams? I don't know. It's after we show them horror movies. Do not show them <laughs> horror movies. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of the news is horror movies. And, and we don't even know how much of it's true. Media, other people. Now, this is not an opportunity for you to get rid of your spouse. That's not what I'm saying. But you, you want to limit the fear of people in your life. When Joy was so deathly sick years ago, right after Michael was born, we had a lady in our neighborhood who was a believer who thought it was her job in life to tell Joy that God didn't heal anymore, that miracles had passed away, and in effect that she, was, she needed to be happy with the disease that she could die from. And was telling her this, Joy and I are believing for healing. We believe that Jesus was a healer then, and Jesus is a healer now because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we're still believing that. And as we're believing that, she's just yummy, yummy. And finally, I just said, you may not come here anymore. I say, well, that's not very pastoral. I wasn't a pastor. And, <laughs> and if I was a pastor, I would have just done it nicer. But I shut it down. Because when you're going through difficult times, you don't need fear in your ear. If you're having marriage problems, Stop hanging out with that woman that you know that's been married eight times. And it's like, honey, I'll tell you something. There ain't no man that's a good man. I just need to give it up. You need to hear something different. You need to hear that God can help you, that God can work in you. Listen, listen, limit. Those are outside influences. Limit the outside influences. Limit the inside influences, the thoughts. I've just been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. Begin to think about something different. This is why we encourage people. 23rd Psalm, quote that. Do something that's going to, to interrupt those thoughts. And here's the last one. Watch your words. Your words can communicate faith or fear. Look what, look what it says here in, in Proverbs. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Pleasant words. That actually word in the Hebrew means beautiful words. When you're talking fear, you're not talking beautiful words. You say, well, Alan, I just believe, I'm, I just, I, I'm a kind of person, I just, I just call it like it is. Well, hey, Sparky, anybody can do that. 
how, how about doing this? How about instead of calling it like it is, how about we begin to call it what God says it is and we begin to say, hey, God's helping us and he's gonna, he's gonna deliver us and we're gonna come through that. That's not gonna get you a whole lot of friends. But it, what it will do is those words will help your mental and emotional health and they are good for you. People talk about mental, emotional health. Stop talking fear. And one of the biggest reasons we need to stop talking fear is because fear is contagious and we don't want to be fear spreaders. We want to be faith spreaders, not fear spreaders. Right now in the, in the Ukraine, the world's been very impressed by the, their president, Zelensky. This guy, I like this guy. I mean, they offered him, the U.S. offered him a, an escape out of the Ukraine. His line, I think, was classic. I said, he, he said, I think he said, I need ammunition, not a ride. <laughs> yes. His, his, courage, his courage has inspired his country. And they're in a fight. But not only his courage, his wife has got some courage. She hasn't left the country either. She's hiding because the Russians would like to take her out. But she wrote something I thought was excellent. She says... There will be no panic or tears. I will be calm and confident. My children are looking at me. Boy, she caught it, didn't she? I don't know where she stands with the Lord, but that's exactly what she needs to do. Because if she's like, oh my God, I don't, it's gonna, I don't know what's going to happen. We're all going to die. That's not helping anybody. For her to stand up and say, I'm going to be calm and confident. No panic, no tears. I thought if she can say it, we can say it because we know who's backing us up and we know he's stronger than any army and any force and any sanction and we know who's backing us up and we can say in the middle of life, I will be calm and confident, no panic, no tears. And that's pushing back. Guys, feelings will come. But we have to remember, I'm flying by my instrument panel. I'm not flying by how I feel. I'm believing that God's with me. I'm believing God's for me. I'm believing he will help me. And that helps me push back against fear. One of the keys to pushing back against fear is understanding that we have the peace of God. One of the keys to the peace of God is having a relationship with Jesus who is called the Prince of Peace. Not the Prince of Fear. The Prince of Peace. The one who conquered fear. And if he's your Lord, you have access to that peace. Would you bow your head for a moment? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Please, no one leaving or looking around. We'll be out of here in just a minute. If you came today and you said, Alan, or maybe you're watching online, you said, Alan, I don't know that I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure about that, I think, or I never have had a relationship with him, but I want to. Or maybe you're here today and you said, you know, I used to walk with the Lord and I've gotten away from him, but I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. Simple. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front. Simple prayer. But this prayer is for you. That's you that I'm talking to today. You say, I want to be sure of my relationship with the Lord or I want to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Real quick, slip your hand up just across the auditorium and say, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. His hands have gone up all over. Anybody else? Thank you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand and you wanted to and you thought, oh, I let fear stop me. No, no, no. Fear hasn't stopped you. You can pray this prayer with us. Pray it. We're going to pray it as a church family. You pray it out loud. If you're watching online, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with someone, pray it quietly. We're going to pray this prayer together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. 
I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, head still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those who have prayed that prayer, simple but powerful, for those who have come out of darkness into your marvelous light, and for those who have come back home. And Father, for the rest of us, thank you for your promise of peace. Thank you for the promise of your presence. Thank you for the promise of your help. Thank you that we don't have to live dominated by fear. We can push back. I thank you for that. Give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.